Facing an unplanned pregnancy is oftentimes a terrifying experience. But for women and families who find themselves in this position, Covenant Care Adoptions in Macon has been providing compassionate, Christ-centered help and healing for over 30 years. On this Jill Show podcast, Jill's has a great conversation with Carol Gledhill, Executive Director of Covenant Care Adoptions, and later in this podcast, how the COVID-19 pandemic has led to a dramatic uptick in unplanned pregnancies. Right now, here's Jules. Carol, can I go ahead and just call you friend? Like, I feel like we have jammed. We have connected. We have connected. <laughs> Y'all are going to enjoy Carol um, Gledhill, which, you know, that last name, we were talking about it because it's, it's an unusual one. It's definitely unusual. It's a lot different than Keys. I mean, it's just not what your maiden yeah, name is. Keys. Name. Yes. Okay. So, Gledhill, not to be confused with any other way to say it because people butcher it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm just going to say this. You're going to listen to Carol. You're going to be best friends. And at the end, I'll give you her cell phone number so y'all can connect. And uh, <laughs> Definitely. Just reach out. Whatever you need. <laughs> Counseling. Friendship. Yep. I mean, we're, we're already making a friendship necklace right now as we do this podcast. Pretty much. Um, because as soon as you walked in, I was like, we're going to be friends. And I like this. All right. So Carol Gledhill, more than just my friend, is also executive director of Covenant Care Adoptions. But riddle me this. Are you a crisis pregnancy center or are you an adoption? Now, I know your name says Covenant Care Adoptions, but y'all are doing so much more than just adoptions. Right. So really, when we, if you look at our name, it's Covenant Care Services. So yeah, let's check that. Check it. Okay. um, Services just opens it up. I mean, and then when we're talking about adoptions, we also use Covenant Care Adoptions. I mean, it kind of, it's twofold. You are. Yeah. We do so many different services. We service, um between counseling birth mothers who have already placed for adoption that they may not have used covenant care for their adoption plan um, but if they reach out to us and say hey i placed with another agency maybe 30 years ago or in a different state and i would love to hook up with some other birth moms who have also placed hmm. we want we're ministry first and foremost mm-hmm. and so we want to provide those services so they have a connection. Mm-hmm. I mean, no matter where they go. So back to what you were talking about. The My crisis riddle. Pregnant, your My riddle. riddle. Your yes, riddle. Thank you. So the crisis pregnancy part of it. Um, yes. Yeah, so the women that we work with, the clients we work with are normally in some sort of crisis. I mean, if you're looking into adoption, it's not, oh, I found out I'm pregnant and I want to make this adoption plan. I have no issues. My life is perfect. All, no, that's just not... I mean, let's be real. We live in a broken world and we're working with broken women. I mean, I'm broken. We're all, we all have a story to tell. So uh, these women come to us. It may be that financially they just can't do it. Um, They may have some mental health issues. Or they could could even have children at home currently. Yes. So we do, we work with a lot of clients that may have two to three, even one. They could have six. And then it's just gotten to this point where they're like, look, I just, I'm struggling caring for my other children and I want to give them a better life I want to make I want to be in the driver's seat I want to make an alternate parenting plan for them and so that's where we're working through that crisis and that's the thing that I say that we're different um, than other adoption agencies um, because the service that we provide is during their like pre-pregnancy and post-pregnancy well, and there was something that so, somebody within your ministry had told me a while back that you're changing not just the baby's life, but the mother's life as well. Yeah. So when you look at the adoption triad, so you have 
birth family on one side, adoptive couple on the other, and the baby, and obviously Jesus Christ, is in the middle. So you're making sure you're bringing that triad together. And these birth moms are making a courageous, courageous choice. And a lot of times when you speak adoption, people automatically think, Oh, I'm not, I'm not giving my baby up. I'm not, no way. I don't know who, who these people are that are going to take my baby. Um, because there's such a negative stigma on defects and foster care. And well, and how do you lead them through the process of seeing this act is courageous? So just talking them through saying like, let's tell me your story. We want to connect with these women, whether they're 11 or 40 we're going to make, we want to make a connection. We want to build a relationship with them. So it's sitting down and having that face-to-face, tell me your story. And do they willingly do it? I mean, I guess at this point, if they've approached you, they need a lifeline. Right. And so it's not this jumping in. Okay. So this is what we're going to do. Let me go ahead and write your story for you. Mm -hmm. Here's a sweet little family that wants a baby. yeah, Yeah. No way. Sure. Like I want to learn about you. I want to invest in who you are and share who Jesus is. And how do you do that? Besides when you sit down and talk to him and you hear their story, there is a lot of different steps of connecting them. Sure. Honey, we are Baptist, (laughs) Southern, well, maybe not Baptist, but Southern, Southern Southern people. And (laughs) what is one thing that we connect on? Food. Food. Casseroles. Yes. A lot of fat, a lot of fat, bacon. (laughs) ice cream, anything. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So normally what we do is let's go grab something to eat. Do you drink coffee? Let's go grab a cup of coffee. Mm -hmm. I mean, it doesn't matter if it's eight o'clock in the morning, two o'clock in the afternoon, honey, we going to go to the Dunkin' Donuts. Yes. They've Mm -hmm. got that $2 latte or cappuccino from two to six, you know, already. (laughs) So you're just going to find a way when you're talking to them and just learning about them and they see that you're sincere Mm -hmm. because a lot of these girls have felt abandoned or when you really start to dive into their story, um, they may not know who the Lord is. And so for somebody to actually take time to stop and say, I want to know you. I don't want your baby. Like we don't go out and sit at OBGYNs waiting around for there's a pregnant one. Let's, you know, (laughs) sure. When are you due? We want your baby. No, this is not that's just not I feel like that's such a bad stigma about adoption is that maybe sometimes people are lurking around like oh there's somebody pregnant wonder if we can you know help her these birth moms and clients are in the driver's seat and so when I sit down and tell them you're writing your story and I'm part of that story I want to advocate for you I want to show you all of your options we talk about parenting This is not parenting or adoption. Obviously, we want to stray them from abortion, obviously, because we're pro-life. And a lot of times what we want, so you've got your parenting track, and adoption is an alternate parenting plan. Hmm. Is it the way that you've always dreamed of? Oh, yes, I'm going to have multiple babies, and I'm going to make it. Nobody thinks that. But when it's good for them to know that there is an alternate plan and they can be a part of it. They can get pictures and letters. They can have visits. Um, You know, open adoption is huge now. You know, it's just having a relationship with that adoptive 
family and that couple and still being able to have a relationship with that child. So that has definitely transitioned throughout the years. All right. So when they're at that place and they choose adoption or they choose um, to keep the child, how do you all still minister to that birth mom? Okay. Because it doesn't end at birth. No, definitely not. So when they, when we leave the hospital and she's made an adoption plan and I'm, hey, I'm not going to sugarcoat this. That is probably one of the hardest, hardest days of our job because we have invested. We love this birth mom and she is making a sacrifice. She is Mm. handing her child over to me or one of our other client counselors and their tears. And we talk about that. So you're the one that that hold that grabs the baby that, Oh man. Wow. So that we talk about healthy hellos lead to healthy goodbyes. And so it's good for them to see the baby and hold the baby and feed the baby and have that connection. That birth mom will always, always be that baby's birth mom. Always. That's what we, nobody can ever take that away from her ever. And to know that this adoptive couple, and that's what's so neat to see this, uh, the adoptive couples to say, we're praying for her. It's not that we're praying for this baby. We don't find babies for families. We find families for these babies. Hmm. And when you stop and really think about that. Say that again, because that that was deep. Yeah, (laughs) say it again. Yeah, so we don't find babies for families. Okay, So it's talking about like, we're not out there lurking around, Mm -hmm. hiding behind bushes, jumping out and being like, can I have your baby? (laughs) But we find families for these babies. And that's very, I mean, it's. And what sacrificial love that mother to do this. Oh man. And to be able to to know that like, I'm going to make this decision. It's going to cause the biggest pain in my life, but I'm doing it because I love this baby. I mean, and when you sit down and that's what takes a special person to work for covenant care. Because you have to have that discernment and that intuition and that counseling and that love for the Lord, first and foremost, to be able to minister to them through this. Because like you were asking, where are we after all this? Mm -hmm. We're there when it's the middle of the night. And because nights are the worst when they get home, um, people don't think about after you've had a baby, your body is doing all sorts of things. You've got all these hormones you're working through and just, we won't go into detail. All the post-birth things, but without the baby. Right. And so a lot of times, you know, it's just those late night texts or late night calls of just, you know, Miss Carol, I'm really struggling right now. And so it's having that connection to say, I know this is hard and I love you and let's pray. Or how about we meet tomorrow morning for coffee? Um, can I come pick you up? Not normally during the middle of the night, but <laughs> I I mean, you know, it's like, I'm coming by at three o'clock in the morning. We're going to Waffle House, you know, um, Waffle House. Not does. that I'm saying we wouldn't no. do that. Right. But, um, so we do ha- try to have healthy boundaries and mm-hmm. just helping these birth moms get to a place where they can, cont- it's a new normal. That's a good way to put it. It's teaching them this new normal of, Walking them through, okay, hey, we're going to go ahead and set up a visit with you and the adoptive couple and the baby. Are you ready for that? And some of these birth moms will tell you, I'm not ready for that. And it may be three years down the road that they reach back out and say, okay, I'm ready. But we always, we still try to keep connected to them, whether it's through a letter, phone call, And and you all have um, support groups. Yes. Well, tell me about that. So we have client counselors all over the state of Georgia. 
And our client counselors um, are still connected with all of their birth moms in their area. And so we have coffee night, um, go to a coffee shop or go out to a restaurant. Some churches will allow us to come in and just have a time for birth moms to get together and just talk. Let's just, it, because they feel so neglected. It's not the word. Isolated is what I want to say. They feel very isolated. Because as a birth, I don't know, and I will tell you this, Jules, when I meet with a birth mom, I immediately tell them, girl, I'm going to let you know, I do not know what you're going through. I don't. I and My story is not your story, but I will promise you, I will love you, and I will walk this walk with you. We, we can do this, and I don't know what you're going through, and I don't understand but I will be your support person. Mm. We will, you know, get through this. And you're so, not alone. Yeah, you're not alone. And it's nice for them to know, okay, Miss Carol's not trying to pretend like she knows what I'm going through. I mean, that's the worst when people are like, honey, I know exactly what you're going. No, you don't. You have no clue what I'm going through. And so they they put up that wall. They go ahead and just, they're like, mm, she didn't, mm, she's fake. She doesn't know what I'm going through. Oh, you need to be up, and up, front, up front and honest with them to say, yeah, I don't. But... We want to hook you up with a support group. We want to let you sit down with other birth moms. And that's why we do retreats. Um, And so we normally have two a year. And it's just a time for us to get away. And I will tell you to see these birth moms come together. And we have some birth moms that are there that did not place through covenant care. But we want to be an oasis for them. We want to be that. It's okay. You don't have to adopt or be a birth mom through covenant care. But we want you to have that support. Because it's not so, just about the baby, it's the mom. Like right. we just said a couple of minutes ago that it was, it's about, yes. it's both lives. Yes. I mean, and my thing is, hey, that, that adoptive couple and that baby, they are fine. They are doing their thing. And we're obviously there for them. And we will counsel that baby as they get older. And we're, we counsel that adoptive couple if they're going through some things. But it's just, I feel like a lot of times we forget about the birth mom. Yeah. How, how have We're you birth seen? father. Well, uh, you teasing it up. <laughs> Are you like a radio professional? Because uh, let's take a quick break and let's talk about that. Dads, because we've talked a lot now about the mamas. But, you know, the dads out there, the birth dads. Right. They're a part of this too. On the latest episode of the Finding Joy podcast, we go toe-to-toe with the extreme machine, the gospel gladiator, Ebo Elder. <laughs> wow, that escalated quickly. Ebo is a former professional boxer, speaker, and he's just released an autobiography called The Great Comeback. Hear our conversation on the Finding Joy podcast. Find it online at thejoyfm.com or anywhere you subscribe to Find Podcasts. Carol, you touched on something that I don't think gets talked a lot about, and that is birth dads. Because when you think about adoption um, and you think about choosing life, you, you just don't think about that this is also impacting the birth fathers. Definitely. So we, um, and really birth father, birth families, you've got grandmas, you've yeah. got granddads, you have aunts and uncles and cousins. I mean, people all, mm. they all come out of the woodwork. Um, and so to focus on these birth fathers, there are a lot of times that we work with birth moms and we have to see the other side of it um, because we only do safe and legal adoptions. So to do that, we have to know who birth father is. And sometimes, Jules, we may not, they may not be able to tell us who the birth father is. Unfortunately, we talk about brokenness. Um, yeah. We may not know who that birth father was. They may not want to disclose for 
many, many reasons under the sun. Maybe they're abusive. They're trying to get out of an abusive relationship. They could have been raped. Um, they really may not, they may only know a nickname or it was a mutual friend's friend. So a lot of cousins. shame that yeah. can be associated oh, with it. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And so we're not there to shame. Right. We're not. So that's where, once again, building that relationship and having that birth mother feel comfortable. Um, and so. But then how do you walk the dads through the process who you do know and right. who are engaged? Who are engaged. So we, that ranges. So we, there, we have very few birth fathers that may come up and say, like, I support her 100%. Like, we, we really can't do this. I mean, probably during the year, we may have five or six birth fathers that will step up and say, I agree. I want to follow along. Like, let me sign pre-birth surrenders. Let me do all the things. We offer the same thing we offer to the birth mom. We offer to the birth father. Because it's a process we for them, too. It. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yes. We want them to have pictures and letters and visits. And, and we have some birth fathers through the years, the birth mom, we've has lost contact with us and the birth father still goes to all the meetings still gets all the pictures all the letters and they can vice versa they can send us pictures and letters to get to their child is their process any different from a mom okay yes so a birth father can sign pre-birth surrenders before the baby's born okay and what about emotionally Oh, okay. Sorry. The process. <laughs> I'm getting all legal I, right here. Yeah, Sorry about no, that. I'm I mean, like, so you want to know the I'll whole profesh. process? <laughs> <laughs> no, okay, I so emotionally. But, but, yeah, because, I, you know, I'm just looking at it from from my perspective as, um, as being a mother is that the first picture, the first movement oh, I admitted to that child, and I love that child. And so if I feel like a sacrificial love is what I need to do, but I'm wondering... Is that the same, or do you see that for the same as um, for a birth dad? Yes. So even with our birth fathers, we still provide, they can call us. We can talk through things. Um, I don't know. Maybe we need to start a revolution for birth fathers. We can have a birth father retreat. Right. We need some men to step up and to help out. Because it's interesting because these birth fathers, they are, uh, I, I'm thinking of, of a few that we had last year that just, have really won our hearts over and have they send text messages checking on us and you know how how's my baby doing how's the family doing and so the journey might be a little different a little different definitely because I guess they're they're along for the ride and you know they're here a lot of times we hear whatever she wants to do I want to do and we're like okay but you know you have all the same rights she does you have all the same things, and we'll and might have the same emotions, to, right? Oh, definitely. And in it's the like, hospital room, wanna, and I guess you have to educate them. Like in that hospital, you're going to hold your baby, and then you're going to give that baby to somebody else, right? And that's talking through healthy hellos lead to healthy goodbyes for yeah. the dad too. Um, and that really, a lot of times, what we have to explain to them is you're her support person. Like y'all are going to grieve together, because a lot of times, what we find is they're not married. You know, you're seeing a lot of brokenness within the birth mother and birth father. And so, you know, being able to advocate for him and knowing like, this is going to be hard and it's okay to show emotions. Mm -hmm. Like, we love you just as much as we love her. And we want to be here for you and counsel you and love you through this. And they're very receptive. Um, You can definitely tell a lot of times they try to be real strong and like, I'm fine. I'm fine. I, you know, I'm not going to show any emotion. We're like, it's okay. So grief um, might take them by surprise. Yes, most definitely. Yeah. What are some roles um, a local church can play in the life of a birth mother? 
Oh, wow. Okay, mentoring. I will tell you that is what we need. We need churches to step up and to mentor these birth moms and birth fathers. Um, I mean, it's simple things like taking a birth mom to a driver's test. You wouldn't think about that. But, I mean, we're we're here after. We're here supporting her and trying to get him or her into a good place. And so it may be they have a job interview. You know, unfortunately, we want to be all things to all people all the time. And we there's only so many hours in the day. And we also have families, too, that we want. And so it's just knowing that our community can step in and help us to mentor and continue to share the love of Christ with these birth moms and birth fathers. So a church can, they can do a fundraiser for us because obviously we're nonprofit. And um, I mean, we need gas cards because they may have a car, but they, they're trying to get a job and they don't have money for gas. So it could be a gas card, um, a lift car. That's, we're seeing that more and more. Like I don't have a car, but I can call and get a lift or an Uber. So we'll, we'll do, you know, we'll pay for a Lyft or Uber. They may need things as simple as groceries. So I'll tell you what's huge are gift cards, fundraising as a church. We also need notaries and witnesses Hmm. when we go to the hospital. So that's how churches can step up. And And is there a stereotypical woman who finds herself in a crisis pregnancy? Everybody that's listening, probably somebody just ran through their mind and they're like, "Mm -hmm, (laughs) that's going to be your your usual birth. No. Honey, it can be from a doctor that is well-known in your area's daughter or son that is facing this crisis. It can be somebody who has multiple children, you know, just low socioeconomic and just struggling. I mean, it ranges There's not a stereotypical. No. We have women who battle addiction. We have women who are in prison. We have women who could be a teacher in a school or working at your local McDonald's. I mean, it can just range from all over. And so we're not, we don't discriminate. We, we want to share the love of Christ first and foremost, and then be able to give them their options. Well, and we started off this podcast by saying that spoiler, that it is not just an adoption agency is not just a crisis pregnancy. It's like this hybrid um, where you're offering many different services for the baby, the mom, the dad, the grandparents, the aunts, everybody that this impacts. Right. Uh, and but then also you're helping the families who will adopt because one of the biggest obstacles is finances and adoption. Right. Well, and the great thing is, is that Covenant Care, I would, I would like to go up against anybody else. We are the lowest, not only in the state of Georgia, but probably the lowest in the United States. Wow. Yeah. Because Covenant Care raises two-thirds of their adoption fees. So that's how we're able to lower the cost of adoption. Um, And a lot of times we get questions, well, you know, why does it even cost to adopt? Well, you got to think about all the things that go into this when we're driving to meet the client, when we're trying to provide her the things that she needs to get her through her pregnancy even after pregnancy, still working with her, um, those counseling services. I mean, where where else are you going to find an adoption agency that's going to meet face-to-face with this birth mom, walk her through her journey, love her, because be you're there gonna be even Because you're going to be connected after. to that birth mom. Oh, yes, Your ma'am. child is going to be 
sending pictures and calling. I mean, you know, there is. Right. You're, and, you're not mean, just taking the baby and walking away. I mean, it is, no. you're knitted to this mom we for the rest knitted. of your life. And I tell our birth moms, I was like, welcome to the Covenant Care family. Mm-hmm. Welcome. You will always be a part of our family. And it's to me, it's thinking about how God loves me so much. And no matter how far I stray, I know I can always come back to him. Yeah. And I feel like that's covenant care. No matter how far you may find yourself away from us, you will always be connected to covenant care. And we will always be there. No matter how many years have passed, we're there. No matter what side of the corn you're on. If you're the, the family adopting, if you're the baby that's been adopted, or you're the, the birth mom or birth dad that gave the child away. Like, whatever you are, it's just living out the gospel, right? Right. Just living, just living it out each and every day. And so these adoptive couples, you were talking about finances. And the great thing is, is there is actually a tax refund, friends and family out there. (laughs) Everyone Um, just leaned in. Everybody's (laughs) like, tell me about this tax refund, Carol. (laughs) Um, It's $14,000 that you get back at the end of the year. Um, Wow. So a lot of times people don't realize there are grants out there and I, I mean, let's be honest. We think about, oh, adoption's so expensive. Honey, you could probably walk in your church and tell one of the elders or deacons in your church you're adopted, and they'd probably write a check out for whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. people are just wanting. So There's you never a, see the finances as a, as a block. No, and we try to educate and get these adoptive couples in the avenues that they they need to be in, whether it's they're selling T-shirts or they, they're having a chili cook-off at their church to raise money. Um, I've seen lots of different ways that they've reached out and it's not, it's normally a process of raising this money. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we have God, the creator of heaven and earth. Do you really think money is going to stand in his way? No, it doesn't. It does not. It's amazing how they come to us and they're just like, we just got this grant and it just put us over our, our amount that came we came out know, of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we were like, yeah. Well, Carol, so. why don't you spend some time before we wrap it up talking to, um, tell us a story about a family that you have seen come through and, and used it for adoption. I huh? just threw you a curveball. So you're looking, you're like, oh, I'm sure there's tons of stories, no, yeah, right? Yeah, I know. I was just, I was like my Rolodex of, okay, who am I going to talk about? Um, so you're talking about an adoptive family. Yeah, just tell me, a, tell me a, a great story of how you've seen God show up. God shows up and shows out. And of course, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking about, we just had a placement on Friday and it was um, pretty close to my heart because I worked with this birth mom. She was my client. Um, and so walking her through the beginning all the way, when I say the end, it's not the end. She's probably texted me while we've been sitting here <laughs> to check on me. Like, hey, Miss Carol, what you up to today? Here's a um, funny emoji. Yeah, exactly. I know. I love a good emoji now. I do too. So, mm-hmm. um, but just walking her through, it was, a, it was a very tough situation for this birth mom um, and her family. And sitting down with this birth mom in a Dairy Queen, I love it where we can always come together and I mean everybody loves a good snicker blizzard right right. I mean Mm -hmm. we love a good blizzard and this brings all this together (laughs) and she's able to look through the profiles so she has her profiles and she's looking through and um, looking through the pictures reading because the adoptive couples write a letter to the birth mom she's going through and she gets to this one profile and she's like this is it I love them and we're like, well, what do you love about them? And she's like, they're dogs. 
I love that they have two dogs. And it's so crazy how they connect with a family. It could be they love to go to Disney or they look like they travel or their hair color. We also, this is side note, we had a birth mom that connected with one of our adoptive couples because the birth mom had red hair. And she's like, I've always, I've loved red hair. I think it's great. I think my hair is kind of red, you know, whatever. Like, no, it's like, not. It's not, but it's okay, that black. sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, actually, it's not. Um, so anyway, she picked them and we did placement on Friday. And for our adoptive family counselors to call that family and say, that's, that's the best call. Like, birth mom's revocation period's over. Like, we're moving forward, and you've been chosen. And those adoptive couples are just like, you know, I mean, it's just the emotions of, and of course, it never fails. Their first question is, how's birth mom? How's the birth mom doing? Because you're standing in a room with one, on one side, it's the best day of their life because they have a baby. On the other side of the room, it's the worst day because they're sacrificing for love. Right. And so how do you renew yourself and stay centered with God? Because that's that's a high and low. I mean, that's, that's it extreme. Well, and it's just knowing that they're never going to be alone. That we're not leaving either side of that. And to remember that the adoptive couple, I think we forget sometimes, these adoptive couples have also gone through a loss whether it's infertility or for whatever reason that they've not been able to have a baby of their own um, naturally. It's just, it's being able to bring that together. And I think with the openness of adoption now to know that the pictures, they can still be connected. I think that's what helps renew that to know that this is not the end. This is just the beginning that they're able to seeing these adoptive couples hold that baby and look down and say, your birth mom and your birth father loved you so much that they gave us this gift. And it's just, oh, sorry, (laughs) I'm getting a little emotional. But um, I mean, to know that that's there and they're speaking adoption from the get-go is that baby is five days old they're sitting there and we're able to be in the hospital to say your mom loves you so much and your adoptive family is going to love you so much and they're going to love you together and they're going to pray for you and to be there so adoption's not easy and God promised our life was not going to be easy but he also promised that he would never leave us or forsake us and so to know that is just it's a beautiful story and there in all of those beautiful stories you're going to find those weeds and you're going to find just the messiness of it but to know that God is continuing to be glorified is all you can say Carol all right first how are you and your family doing we are we're surviving it with lots of snacks and a good bouncy house um (laughs) you know, homeschooling, even though I have a teaching degree and I have taken care of other people's children, God has not called me to homeschool my child. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with yeah. you. I think teaching your own children is the is the catch. That's different. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> but we are doing great. Yeah, and it really has been um, a blessing, just all the different things. We've, we've found box turtles. We've 
dug up lots of earthworms. We planted a garden. We've caught frogs. And you're <laughs> staying safe. That's a boy mom. Yeah, that's right. And, 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 we're staying safe, so well, Carol, it's I'll, been good. I wanted to check back in with you because I read something. Uh, now, you and I recorded our segment together months ago, which is kind of crazy to think how much the world has changed since like, we met face-to-face, and now I'm calling you to kind of get an update because I was reading where crisis pregnancy centers are experiencing a, a rise in calls uh, since COVID. Yes. And so, you know, is that what you're finding to be true for Covenant Care? Most definitely. Oh, yes, most definitely. So we have got, um, actually, at this moment, we have nine clients that are due between now and September. Um, And just to kind of put that in perspective for us, we had 11 placements last year. Wow. So we had 11 um, babies find their forever homes, and we served, obviously, more birth mothers, but 11 of our birth moms um, decided to make an alternate parenting plan through adoption. So this year, in four months, we've already had six placements. Um, And then we've got the potential of having nine more um, from now until September. So that's not counting really the crisis of, because a lot of these women are not going to realize that they're pregnant probably for the next couple months. We we expect to see an influx during the summer. because they're going to realize, and obviously a lot of these women have lost their jobs um, because of the pandemic and the crisis that we're in, and we're ready. We are ready mm-hmm. um, to, to serve these women and to serve them well. Mm-hmm. Well, what a great prayer request for all of us to be aware of, of the change, um, that the, the people who are going out will get, have God's um, hand on them, that will speak wisdom and truth, and that the, the mothers will see that abortion is not the only option. There are so many options for them. Amen. Well, and I think, like you said, Jules, the prayer request, and for people to be bold, um, to know that when they see somebody, a woman in crisis, and for these PRCs to understand that when they're speaking about, a lot of times we, we speak parenting. We think everybody should parent their own child. Um, But a lot of times, some of these women are just not in a place to parent. And so what we're able to to help them to understand and what we want, what we're trying to educate more and more with the PRCs is that adoption is an alternate parenting plan. And you and I talked about that months ago, Mm -hmm. that these women still have a hand in their adoption plan. We're not writing off the grief. We're not telling them that the, the feelings that they're having are not valid. They're very valid. And so for our community to step out, to let these women know, we don't want to force you to parent. Let's talk. Let's talk through, you've already made this choice to save this baby's life. Um, and for that, we praise you mm-hmm. and we honor you and we want to honor you. But let's talk through parenting and adoption and, and all of the above. Well, and Carol, that's what I love, 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 love about Covenant Care, because you are for the baby and you're also for the mom. Yes, ma'am. We, I just think that that a lot of times people forget the mom and it's so comforting to hear our adoptive couples. Uh, I wish everybody could be in the room Mm -hmm. when we have placement day Um, and these adoptive parents, when they receive this gift. And a lot of times we get to hear the adoptive dad pray and to hear them pray or for to hear this couple say, 
we love our birth mom and we can never understand in a million years what she is going through, the heartache, the grief, the loss um, of just not having that baby at home with her, but to know that she made the ultimate sacrifice and that she loved this baby enough to give us the chance, you know, to, to parent this baby. And it's just, I think a lot of times we forget that. We see the beauty in the adoption, but we don't see the ashes on the other side of what this this birth mother is going through. But there's also beauty there, too, to see that there's the story of redemption. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I know that you just mentioned uh, that you're expecting this summer to really ramp up and you're going to be extremely busy. What can we do to help? Pray. (laughs) Um, What? What I feel like the state of Georgia can do is really honestly and truly pray, pray for our staff, pray for us as we are, we're all facing this uncharted territory. We've never dealt, in my lifetime, obviously, and I talked to my mom about this the other day, they've never dealt with a pandemic. Mm -mm. This is, in her lifetime, she's never dealt with a pandemic and neither have I, and so Knowing that we are a small ministry, um, and first and foremost, we're a ministry to serve these women, to share the gospel. And in times like these, when we do have an influx, that puts more of a workload on us, which is what we pray for every day. Mm -hmm. It's like praying the prayer of Jabez, Mm -hmm. expand our territory, expand our land. And here it is. And just to know that we're able to not only share the gospel and to love and to these women to join the covenant care family, um, but we've also helping these adoptive couples um, grow their family um, and to make a family. And so community pray. Second thing they can do is obviously everybody hears this all the time, but support, Um, support, whether it's putting us on your prayer list at your church, if it's financially support covenant care, that it always helps. Um, They can reach out to their client counselors in their community and ask if there's anything in particular to help, whether it be a gas card um, to help a client um, get to and from work um, or things like that. So, Hmm. Hey, Carol, why don't we do this? I know listeners right now um, are praying and and adding you to their list. But before I let you head on out of here, um, why don't I just take some time and pray? Thank you. Father, we just come before you and we we ask, Lord, that we ask that you would protect these unborn children, protect these birth mothers and birth fathers. Lord, give them wisdom, open their eyes to um, the options, God, that they have. And Lord, um, would you direct these children to the right families, God, or not, or just give them the resources to be able to parent their children well. Father, I know um, Covenant Care is going to have a, a big road ahead of them. Lord, that only you can provide for them. Only you can give them the wisdom and the words to speak truth into these families. So God, would you go before them? Would you direct their paths? And and Lord, bless them in such a way that only can come from you. So God, when they look back on this time and this season of you providing, they can say um, praises to you and only you. God, um, help Carol to lead um, her staff well during this uncertain time. And Lord, during times we have never seen before. But God, but you have you have seen, you have come before us, and you um, are sovereign over all. And we thank you, God, that you are loving, and we can trust you. In Jesus' name, amen.
Carol, we we are praying for you, and um, we know that God is going to show up, and we already give Him all the praises. Amen. Yes, ma'am. Thank you so much, Jules. I appreciate y'all. Oh, we appreciate you, and go wash your hands, okay? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> yes, ma'am. All right, you stay safe, and thanks so much for uh, letting us check back in with you. Yes, ma'am. Have a great day, Jules. You too, Carol. Bye-bye. Hey, thanks for joining us for this Jewel Show podcast. Covenant Care Adoptions is an incredible organization. And if you want to learn more, visit them at covenantcareadoptions.com. Again, that is covenantcareadoptions.com. The Jewel Show podcast is a production of The Joy FM, and all our podcasts are available at thejoyfm.com and anywhere fine podcasts are hosted.